Find this in Revelation chapter 19, 7 to 9. Revelation chapter 19, 7 9. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife have made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. Praise the Lord. He's talking about the great event that will soon happen in church history. In fact, that's the great expectation of all Christians today. Come, Lord Jesus. He's surely coming. God has got a calendar. He's got a timetable. And when it is time, he will come. Amen. Amen. But the signs given to us, they tell us that indeed that time is just around the corner. When some misfortunes or disasters happen in the world, some people have the tendency to think, oh, maybe the end of the world has come. The end of the world has come. The end of the world, this world as it is, will not just go into nothingness. In fact, when it is time, God will renew the earth and the heavens. Amen. Amen. It's not going to just vanish away. Then one day, the world will just end. No, there's nothing like that. There is a plan that God has got in place. One of the plans is that before the great tribulation, which everybody is talking about, because when they talk about the battle of Armageddon and all that, the third world war, are using that technology commonly now because of what is happening, especially in the Middle East and all that. Because of the tension built up there. Before that happens, there's going to be a great event called the translation or the rapture. Amen. The rapture of the saints. It is our hope. When things are happening all around and they are disheartening, we need to comfort ourselves with this word. The Lord is coming soon. The words of comfort for us because there's so much stress in this present world. But Jesus Christ is coming to take his bride home. First of all, take us home to heaven and later come with us to judge the Antichrist system. I just want to clear that because some people think that when Jesus shall come, every eye shall see him. There are two faces of it. Praise the Lord. Two faces of Christ coming, second coming. The first face, every eye will not see him. Only the earth, only the elect will recognize him and be caught up together to meet him in the air. Everybody will not see. They will only wonder. They will only wonder after the aftermath of the translation. Something has taken place and people are missing in families and all that. That is what they will know. They won't see Jesus. But after 
three and a half years after the rapture had taken place, the Lord will come back with his saints. Amen. 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 That then is the second coming indeed, wherein every eye will see him. That is the second advent. The rapture, the translation, and the second advent, they are different. In the space of about three and a half years. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 15, Jesus said of himself that he is the bridegroom. We're going to read it. Jesus recognized himself as the bridegroom because there's going to be marriage in the air. It's going to be the bridegroom and the bride. Who is the bride and who is the bridegroom? Jesus Christ himself is the bridegroom. Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then shall they fast. There was the issue of fast. When they asked Jesus, say, your, your disciples, they don't fast, they don't fast, they don't fast, and all that. That's when he answered. Say, can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? Because when the bridegroom is around, there is need for celebration. But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then shall they fast. Also in Ephesians chapter 5, 22 to 32, we're going to read how important marriage is the marriage of the Lamb. Ephesians chapter 5, 22 to 32. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord. Verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. 24. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Amen? Amen. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Amen. Amen. Yes. When Christ came the first time, he came with this purpose. That someday I'm going to get myself a bride. Amen? Amen. Not physical bride now, but it's spiritual. And the bride of Christ, the church. Amen. Amen. The church elects. They are the bride. And the Lord has been preparing us. How has he been doing that through the word of God? That we have been hearing. And we are even hearing right now. In Bible days, there was a betrothal period during which the bride and groom were separated until the wedding day. So, so it is the bride of Christ separate from the bridegroom during the church age. 
when Jesus Christ died for us and the Holy Ghost was poured upon the church on the day of Pentecost, the church was born. The church was born. And from that time till now and until the rapture, he's still preparing us so that we'll be without spot or blemish or wrinkle or any such thing. In the natural, when a man wants to get married to a wife, no, to a bride, there is a preparation time. Is it not so? The man prepares and the woman prepares. It doesn't just come suddenly, oh, we're going to get married tomorrow. No, there is that time wherein both will begin to prepare. Is it in terms of the dressing, in terms of logistics, is it in terms of finances, the plan. So it's time for us to plan and prepare. Amen? Because the marriage will soon take place. The marriage will take place in the air. Amen? Praise the Lord. So the physical marriage that we have is just an example of the marriage between Christ and the church. Jesus Christ himself being the bridegroom and the church, the bride. There is, in other words, you are going to be the bride of Christ if you believe and you are Holy Ghost filled. Amen. Yeah, and you are ready. If you are not ready, you will not be among the bride. Amen. Yeah, because the parable is given to us in Matthew chapter 25 of the ten virgins. See, five were wise, five were foolish. What was the difference? The five that were wise, they had extra oil. And that oil typifies the Holy Spirit anointing. They had the oil, they had the lamp, and they had the oil. That's the wise. But what happened to the foolish? The foolish ran out of their oil. They still had the world, but the oil had run out. May it not be so with us in Jesus' name. That oil signified the baptism, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That is why even after we be baptized in the Holy Ghost, we need again to be fed over and over again. Because the anointing has to be fresh on us. Amen. Spiritually speaking, we find that we are in the new Jerusalem right now. We rejoice with the sense of God in Jerusalem. Not new Jerusalem yet. Let's read the Hebrews chapter 12, 22 to 23. Spiritually speaking, right now. Where are we? And what are we to expect? But ye are come unto, the, unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. That's what we have come to, and we are there, in the midst of angels praising God. Amen. Amen. Yes, we are in their midst, and we are all together praising God. When we are praising God, the angels of God, they join us. Amen. But there's going to be a, a new Jerusalem. And the way it is described in uh, Revelation chapter 21, it tends to give some confusion as if that new Jerusalem is the bride of Christ. Let's just read it. Revelation 21, 1 to 2. Revelation. We're talking about things 
pertaining to the rapture, the translation of the saints. Revelation 21, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Take note of that expression. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Verse 2, and I, John, saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. The reason I'm bringing that one out is it should not confuse us with the church. The church is the bride and not a city. The new Jerusalem is the dwelling place of saints after the rapture, after the great tribulation, after the millennium. Amen? Amen. Yes, that one should be understood. So we want to endeavor to be among the wise virgins because the wise virgins were vigilant, they were expectant. That is one thing we need to do as we are waiting for the coming of the Lord. We need to be expectant. If you are not expectant of his return, I'm afraid if we come for you. It's those who are expecting. How will a bridegroom just come suddenly upon a, a, a lady and say, I want to marry you, when there has not been any preparation? It doesn't happen like that. Jesus Christ has informed us and he's been nourishing us with his word, told us that he's coming to take us home. That's the purpose of the church age, by the way. The church age wherein God left dealing with the Israelites as a nation. And then he focused on the Gentiles. The purpose is to get a bride for Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's what we're talking about. You be among the bride if you believe. And if you are Holy Ghost feed, if you are watchful, amen. So the foolish were not ready. We don't want to be among the foolish in the name of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28 says, And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. God expects us to be watchful. And to live holy lives. Amen. Amen. Want to also say that in the kingdom of God there are different levels. There are different levels of spirituality. We are all born again. We are blood washed. We are saved by grace. But the labors that we put in will determine our reward. Amen. Amen. The Lord will reward us according as our work shall be. In other words. What I'm going to get is not what you are going to get. You may get more reward than myself, depending on how our work shall be. So people talk about grace, 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 and overlook works. They are making a mistake. They go together. We are saved by grace. And having been saved, you are saved to produce good works. Amen. Amen. Yes. So that the Lord will reward you for what you do. So... In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 41, we are told that there is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars. For one star differeth in glory from another. That's what we try to say. That in the kingdom of God, we are not at the same level, no, spiritually, even right now. Some are much higher than myself and all that. So we should endeavor 
to attain to the goal of the overcomer, to be among the first fruits. Because the bride, even, even the bride and the foolish, they were asleep. Remember in that parable in Matthew chapter 25, both were asleep. But there was a voice that cried out at the midnight hour, Go ye out to receive the bridegroom. That voice represents some people. Amen? Amen. Yes. So both the foolish and the wise, they were all asleep spiritually. Spiritual slumber. But a voice from somewhere came. Away! Behold the bridegroom. Comet. And they awoke, both the wise and the foolish. Now, what about the voice? They represent some people. In Revelation 14, we are told about the first fruits unto God. The 144,000 is representative of that class of people. Those who were not asleep, they were always watchful for the coming of the Lord. They were not asleep at all. And so they were positioned to wake up those that were spiritually asleep. So we have that group. Then we have the they with the wise, they make up the translated sense. Amen. Amen. The other sense, because this is another thing that people believe. They believe that all Christians, all Christians, born again Christians, will just go in the rapture. But you see, from that parable, you can see that. Even though they were all virgins, they were all Christian, they were all born again, that only five represented the number, I mean, it's representative of the number of people that will go in the rapture. The others one will not go. What will happen? Because they didn't have oil. And the concept today was go and buy your own. Go and buy your own. How do you seek for the anointing of the Holy Spirit? How do you get the anointing? How do you keep refreshed? We're talking about all that because talking about the preparation for the takeoff, for the translation. Amen. Amen. Yes. So we find also in Revelation chapter 7, the first few verses there, it talks about 144,000 Jews that will be saved during the Great Tribulation. All these ones will be in heaven. We're talking about different classes, different groups of Christians now, all within the body of Christ. It's not all Christians that will go at the translation. Those who are ready, those who are not ready, what will happen to them? They'll be left behind. They'll be left behind to face the great tribulation. What is the great tribulation? It's a time of sorrow, time of Jacob's trouble. The Bible tells us that there has not been anything like that, no ever will be. The time of the great pleasure is a bad period. None of us should pray to be around then. But before then, Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 21, verse 36, he said, watch and pray so that you'll be able to escape all these things, all these things that will happen during the great tribulation. When the Antichrist, in his terror, know, will begin to persecute children of God. Right now there is persecution. This is just a preamble to what will happen during the Great Tribulation. During the Great Tribulation, Brafribi made us to know, according to what the Lord showed him, that some Christians will be made to perform sex acts among themselves, maybe between brother and sister, between mother and, and the son, that kind of thing. For entertainment of the world, it will be as bad as that. And of course, the vile judgment that will be poured out during the Great Tribulation. 
That is not for us. But even then, during the Great Tribulation, there's a time God will take care of the left behind virgins, the foolish virgins. They were not prepared when Jesus came. At that time, many would get so serious with God. The Lord knows how and when he would take them up. Because we know about the two witnesses in Revelation chapter 11. Those ones that were killed by the Antichrist system. And after three days, what happened? It went up again. The whole was jubilated that those, those two prophets, they died. Because according to them, they were terrorizing the whole world. See? Unquote. And so there will be jubilation when they die. But after three days, they rise up again. Prophet believe that even the tribulation sense may go up at that time. I don't want to be dogmatic about that. But one thing I know, when it comes to the great day of the Lord, there is the great day of the Lord during the battle of Armageddon. That is when God will intervene. The great day of the Lord is not the rapture day. Praise the Lord. The great day of the Lord is not the day of rapture. The great day of the Lord is a technical term tell you about when the seven vile judgments you know, will be poured out upon the Antichrist system before Jesus Christ will come at the very end and terminate the whole war and the millennial reign of Christ for 1,000 years will be established. Praise the Lord. So God has a way of harvesting his own children even now and during the Great Tribulation. Israelites will be saved during the Great Tribulation. As at now, majority of Israel don't know God. They don't know God. Just do it about Judaism, which is uh, the religion of old before Jesus Christ came. But a few people have known God among the Israelites today. But that time shall be a great revival for Israel. And that will be very soon. Because after the rapture, after the Lord has taken his bride, then focus will come again to the Jews, to Israel. God has not abandoned them forever. Amen. They are covenant people of God. It's the promise of God he made to Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac. That is still keeping them today because God is a covenant-keeping God. Amen. What he says we do, he will do. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 5, there is the imagery of a woman who gave birth to a man-child. Some believe that that man-child is Jesus Christ. But we also believe that that man child represents the bride that is caught up to heaven. Amen. Amen. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 5, it stated that the man child was caught up, caught up to heaven. That's rapture. But there is a remnant of her seed, remnant of the woman's seed. That the remnant, you find that in Revelation 12, verse 17. Revelation 12, verse 17. Talks about those who were left behind. We don't want to be among those who are left behind. And the dragon was wrought with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Amen. Those are the tribulation saints. You see the real picture of the tribulation saints in Revelation chapter 7. Verse 13. In the first few verses, we talk about the 144,000 
Israelites, Jews that will be saved and sealed during the Great Revelation. But from verse 13, take note. And one of the elders answered, say unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto them, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God and serving day and night in the temple. And he that seated in the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither test any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb, which is the midst of the throne, shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of water. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Praise the Lord. Now, in actually verse 9, say, After this I behold, and lo, a great multitude. That's the description of the great multitude. Which no man could number, of all nations, and of all kindreds, and of all people, and tongues, stood before the throne, and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, and palms in their hands. These are the tribulation saints. A number which no one could number. What will happen? What will be the difference between those who are ready at the rapture and those who are left behind? The difference is that we will escape the events of the great tribulation. Amen. Amen. And those who escape the great tribulation will go with the Lord to meet him in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And during the second advent, we will come down with the Lord to judge the Antichrist system. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And then also those who are here during the Great Tribulation, many of them will pay with their lives. Now where they be tortured and killed on account of the gospel. That one is already happening here and there. But like the Bible says, there's nothing to be compared with the Great Tribulation. Talk about the sorrow, talk about the horrors, the punishment that we be unleashed upon the world. Both among nations, we talk about Russia, the Eastern Bloc, the, the Northern nations, and then the Western nations, and the class, the Antichrist. You know, there'll be a warfare, the Battle of Armageddon. But God Himself will come and judge the Antichrist. We need to know about all these things. Not just to talk about, uh, you know, things pertaining to just being born again and all that. We need to know about this thing because this is the season of time we should be expectant of the Lord's return. Amen. Amen. Yes. And I wrote a book called These Last Days. These Last Days tell you graphically. You know, there are so many charts and graphs there telling you about event after event that will happen at this end time. It's more or less talking about the events of the last days. I have copies that are free there for whosoever will need a copy free of charge. They are there at the entrance. You can pick one when you are leaving. Praise the Lord. Our portion is to get prepared for the rapture. Make your calling and election sure, my brothers, my sisters. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 10, there is this scripture also. See, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, 
I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world, to try them that dwell upon the earth. Yes, there's the hour of temptation that is coming upon the world. By his grace, we shall overcome. Amen. Amen. Meanwhile, as you prepare, you need to be aglow in the spirit. What does it mean to be aglow in the spirit? That it be fervent in the spirit. Romans chapter 12, verse 11 tells us that we should be aglow, be fervent, be zealous for the Lord. It's not a time to be lukewarm. Those who are lukewarm, they'll be spewed out. God says that himself. If you are lukewarm, you know what it means to be lukewarm? You are not active. You are not, you are not hot and you are not cold. If you read Revelation chapter 3, it describes the church, the Laodicean church. And many of us are taken after that spirit of the Laodicean. Which God says his. So God is calling us to reveal. We should repent of all our shortcomings and ask God to revive us. Amen. We need a revival. In fact, that revival will just precede the taking up of the bride. It's going to be a quick, short, and powerful work of God. Amen. Amen. Grow up in Christ. We're talking about preparation now. The bride became herself ready. Grow up in Christ. In Hebrews chapter 5, 12 to 13, tells us about the need to grow up and not just to remain babies forever. Amen. Can we have it there? Yes. For when the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that won't teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. God wants you to grow up, wants me to grow up. Amen? Amen. Spiritually, God living things grow. God expects us to grow. If we don't grow, what will happen is that we continue to live, you know, as babies. But don't continue in the protracted spiritual infancy. Don't be an infant all day long. So if you gave your life to Christ yesterday and all that, or maybe last few weeks or even months, can say you are a, a, a new Christian, a baby in Christ. Even if you are 100 years old and you just give your life to Christ, you are a babe in Christ. And you need to humble yourself and to learn of the Lord by studying the word of God, by reading the word of God. There's no other way you grow. When you fellowship with other Christians, iron sharpened iron, you find yourself growing, growing. You ask questions, things you don't understand. That is the process of growth. But when you remain just like that, oh, every Sunday, Sunday, mercy. And on Sunday, they are going to feed me again. You know, you don't make effort yourself to study you find that you remain babyish, especially when you don't obey the word of God by applying the word of God to your life and witnessing and all that. So remaining immature way too long is not good. Grow up. Amen. And be filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes. There's one scripture I want to read here, Romans 8, 6 to 7. Talks about those who cannot for any reason be among the bride. Why? They are Christians, but they are carnal. Carnal Christians. If you never heard that expression, it's in the word of God. You are either spiritual or carnal, even as you are right now. If you are sincere to yourself and you assess yourself based on the word of God, you will find that you are just carnal. If you are carnal, 
you cannot make it. Let's read it. Romans 8, 6 to 7. Uh, it's not just my expression, so we need to take it seriously. Romans chapter 8, 6 to 7. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity with God, against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. There are some people who don't want to obey anything. Why? They say we are not in the Old Testament. We are not in the era of, do, of do's and don'ts. We are not in the era of do's and don'ts because of grace. Grace has been greatly abused by some Christians. And I don't want you to be among those who abuse grace. Amen. The grace of God has saved me and saved you. But after you are saved, produce good works. Amen. Amen. Some of the traits of carnality, even though not listed there, but they are in other scriptures. We're not going to read the other scriptures. Envying. If you see, find yourself envying one another. That's a trait of carnality. Strife. Is it for position or for whatever? Strive, divisions, jealousy. These are common terms we are familiar with. Have your unteachable spirit. Talkativeness. There's no way a talkative can say it's spiritual. You are still in the realm of the carnal. You are a Christian, born again. No doubt about that. Can be Holy Ghost feed, speaking in tongues, and yet carnal. This is the reason why some men of God, even though they are so highly anointed, they perform signs and wonder they can raise the dead, yeah, some of them are still carnal. So, having the gifts of the Spirit or being Holy Ghost baptized does not make you spiritual automatically. You have to work for it. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I'm telling you the plain truth. I don't know how to embellish the Word of God, just as it is. That's God's standard. Amen. Don't continue in protracted spiritual infancy. Get rid of carnal traits. Self-will. When you are self-willed, say traits of carnality. When so self-will, you don't want the will of God to be done in your life. What you want to do, the spirit of the age, spirit of rise, human rights, anything I want to do, I do it. That spirit is not of God. Your spirit should be subject to the leading of the Spirit of God. should not be so self-willed and so strongly minded that it's what you want to do, you will do. Then where is God's place in your life? Self-willed, impatience. When you're so touchy and all that, when you are lustful, you have lustful tendencies, dishonesty of all kinds. There are some Christians, they behave very pious and all that. But when you employ them to do work for you and has to do with finances, there you see whether they are Christians indeed. Many fail. I've seen that in my life. Many Christians, when it comes to money test, they fail flat. Unbelief, dishonesty, and stubborn-heartedness, all these are traits of carnality. And there are many more. But what the Bible says that we should do 
purge yourself of these traits. Amen. And grow up. First John chapter 3. 2 to 3. Let's read it. First John chapter 3. 2 to 3. Tells us what we need to do. Whereas some people would just think Holy Spirit would do everything, but God is saying we should do some things. So it's a joint responsibility. You have a responsibility. And not just, oh, I leave everything to the Holy Spirit. You are just being religious by saying that. You have a part to play in getting prepared for the coming of the Lord. First John chapter 3, 2-3. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But when we know when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Amen. Verse 3. And every man, by extension, every woman, every boy, every girl, that had this hope, Jesus coming, mm-hmm, purified himself, even as he is pure. If you love me, keep my commandments. That's what Jesus says. Some people don't believe you need to keep anything. There are so many commands in the word of God. Witnessing is a command. If you don't know it, it's not an option. Especially as you, as you receive the Holy Ghost. You shall be my witnesses. You shall receive the Holy Ghost. And after that, shall, you know, shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost come upon you. And then you shall be my witnesses. That's the purpose, in other words. It's not for self-aggrandizement. I too am baptized now in the Holy Ghost. It's for a job. God has just empowered you to do the work that he's called you to do. Every Christian... It doesn't matter whether you are a prophet, you're a teacher, an evangelist, know that. Do the work of an evangelist. Amen. Amen. Be a soul winner. You don't have to be the evangelism team or SWAT team before you are a soul winner. I know many of you do soul winning. God bless you for that. Amen. Amen. In your workplace and all that. But please, just know that it's a responsibility. It's a duty. It's not optional. If you really love the Lord, obey His word. And one of them is be a living witness for him. Don't be ashamed of Christ. Second Corinthians 7, 1 to 2. Can we also read that? Second Corinthians 7, 1 to 2. Having therefore these promises dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all feediness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Amen. Receive us. We have wronged no man. We have corrupted no man. We have defrauded no man. So let all those things not be in your life. Live a holy life. Grow your faith. Praise and worship the Lord. Search the scriptures. You don't leave the responsibility to God alone and say, God, we just do it. You have a responsibility to obey God and do what he wants you to do. Having therefore this promise dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. Let us cleanse our way. You may say, oh, how can you cleanse yourself? Bible gives the answer. In the Psalm 119, from 9 to 11, it gives the answer there. You, you do that by taking heed to the word of God. Amen. Verse 9 says, Where with us shall a young man cleanse his way. The reason, the answer is there. By taking heed 
Therefore, therefore, according to the word of God. That's the secret. That's it. Not anything else. Occupy till I come. Jesus said that in Luke 19, verse 13. Be an effective witness for Jesus in obeying the Great Commission. Amen. We're soon going to round up and uh, we have a hymn that we want to sing. Surrender our life again to the Lord. Unto Jesus I surrender. Amen. Amen. That's what we need to do. Don't surrender all. Don't say, oh, is it that I'm not a Christian? You are a Christian already, but we need to commit our lives afresh to the Lord. And say, Lord, take over everything about me. Consecrate yourself to the Lord. Amen. Can we have that hymn? Unto Jesus I surrender. We need to pray. We need to ask God to help us to be watchful and prayerful. Amen? Amen. Yes, while we are waiting for that great promise. We need to pray. Say, Lord, give me grace to be rapturable. Yes, while you walk, while you do what you obey the Lord, you need the grace of God too. Help me to grow spiritually. Help me to grow so that at your coming, I will not remain a babe. Amen? Amen. Jesus Christ is coming for the bride, and the bride maketh herself ready. We can't afford to be lukewarm, because Jesus said, those who are lukewarm, he will spew them out. He will throw them off. He will vomit them. That's what it means. May the Lord not vomit us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's sing this song all together now. All to Jesus I surrender. One, two, go. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. Oh. 
Jesus' precious name we pray. Bless your hearts. 